Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I interview inspiring, fascinating women who are navigating aging with class and sass. I'm your host, Nicole Christina. Hey everyone, I am so grateful for all of the downloads, and I'd love a rating on iTunes and a comment. And please subscribe. It helps the show's rating so other people can find it and learn how to age well. And if you are loving the podcast, why not check out the companion online course, Zestful Aging, Simple and Sustainable Habits for Health and Longevity. You can access it through my website, NicoleChristina.com forward slash Zestful Aging. It's based on the Harvard Study of Adult Development, and I'm really proud of how it's turned out. Well, I've got my coffee in my hand and my trusty dog Sparky beside me, so let's begin. I have a special connection to our guest today, even though I've never met her and likely never will. Connie Marshall is a retired Texas public school teacher specializing in physics. That's one of the reasons I, I'll never meet you, Connie, because I don't know how to do physics. <laughs> That's quite all right. <laughs> uh, now she teaches math to GED students and people studying for college entrance, entrance exams. Connie describes herself as 65 years young, and she taught her first Zumba class on her 58th birthday and has been teaching for the past seven years. Connie and her husband started fostering dogs for the Underdog Express Transport Program about three years ago, and this program transports foster dogs from Texas to Syracuse, New York, about every other week. It's a really well-oiled machine and depends on many volunteers to make it work. And I can tell you from personal experience that people line up, uh, and it doesn't matter the weather, at Helping Mm -hmm. Hounds Dog Rescue in New York, and many have already put holds on the dogs after seeing their faces and profiles on Facebook. And one of these people was yours truly, (laughs) who adopted a wonderful Australian Shepherd mix named Johnny. Johnny was found with his traveling buddy. Both were starving, and Connie helped bring them in and rescue them. And they have their own mini-documentary showing their rescue and their (laughs) road back to health. Connie and her husband have fostered about between 60 and 70 dogs, and she describes it as a joyful and heartbreaking experience and it is so lovely to have you on the show Connie. Oh thank you so much I'm glad to be here. So let's start out with I mean we both like to talk about dogs but I'm going to talk about (laughs) I want to start with your philosophy of aging. Can you tell me a little bit about your guiding principles of being a woman of uh, a certain age? Well, as an older age, I assume you mean, (laughs) but yes, but um, I truthfully, I don't feel real old, although, you know, the body sometimes uh, tells me different, 
but I, I feel like I just want to do as much as I can while I can. Um, I so love like teaching Zumba with older ladies or any ladies and um, just sharing the joy of dance. And we just feel like my husband and I both, um, we love to to take advantage of our health because we know lots of people don't have it at our age. And uh, we're very blessed to have that. And we want to just do what we can, having a good time and being productive. Mm-hmm. And did you did you sort of adopt this aging uh, philosophy from anyone in particular? Did you say, oh, I want to be like so-and-so. They're really <laughs> doing it well. Well, both of my parents lived to a ripe old age. They were both 89 when they passed away and lived life to the fullest, Um my dad did have Alzheimer's, so I saw how quickly that can change your lifestyle. So, you know, that's always in the back of your mind, knowing that things can change suddenly, and you want to do what you can as long as you can. Um, I, I've had lots of good role models, and I have so many lovely friends that are older than I uh, that just, you know, are such role models as far as keeping up with everything and um living life as much as they can while they can so Mm -hmm. I see so it sounds like you support each other exactly yes yeah we feel like we're a real good support system for each other and uh, it it makes it lots of fun have you lived in the same area for many years I have I have ever since um, soon after we married uh, we moved and lived here in Burke Burnett and my husband was a coach and I started teaching, um, and we've lived here ever since. So you know these some of these women from way back? Yes, although it's, it's funny, um, in my retirement with my different activities that I really didn't have much time for while I was teaching full-time, um, now with these different activities, it seems like I have a, a whole new great set of friends uh, from different circumstances, and, and that's really cool to to me that I, you know, I thought, gosh, just a few years ago, I didn't know so many of the people that I cherish so much right now and, and, um, you know, honor and love to be around. And that, you know, as we know from the research, I'm going to have to sort of weave a little bit of my geekiness in here, if you (laughs) don't mind. (laughs) You know, it's like that social stuff is gold. It's just the gold for your body and your heart. I believe so, for sure. Were you ever thinking about uh, leaving the area to retire, or did you always know you would stay put? Well, actually, we are still thinking at some point. We have two children in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, one in Austin, and we have thought of, of moving closer to them and still may. We've, you know, we just, uh, we're enjoying what we're doing right now. My mm-hmm. husband just retired fully. Uh, this is his first year. Reti- he's also a teacher, and um, so I'm, I, you know, I'm still pretty busy and active with, with different types of jobs here. So I don't know how soon that will be, but we, we have talked about it. Mm-hmm. When did you start? Uh, this is, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think, how shall I ask this? But have you always, <laughs> have you always loved dogs, Connie? Oh, for sure. Yes. <laughs> we were always a family with animals. And, you know, as, as most kids are, well, a lot of kids I knew that 
you know, when you grow up, let's just be a zookeeper or I'm going to have a, <laughs> my youngest son is still saying, I still think, mom, that we need to find us a farm and we're going to have an animal sanctuary. So his goal is wow. to make lots of money so we can go do that someday. <laughs> yeah. So yes, he's, we're a family yeah. of animal lovers. <laughs> he's a, he's your son, huh? He, uh, right. He really has that. <laughs> they all are. Yes, yeah, they all yeah. are. And so you've always loved animals. You came up that way. And then how did you think to yourself, I know, I'm going to start fostering dogs? <laughs> Honestly, it really hadn't crossed my mind much until we, you know, when I had retired and had more time and was teaching Zumba, I did a, a Zumbathon for the Emily's Legacy Rescue and spoke to the founder, who's, her name is Kimber, and just heard more about fostering and so forth and still wasn't convinced that I was set out, you know, to do that, that I would be good for that. I was, you know, like most people think, oh, I'll never be able to give up the dog and it'd be so hard and all that. And, mm -hmm. But um, then with Underdog Express, it wasn't called that at that time, but the transport program, you keep the dogs for a shorter amount of time. And I thought, you know, this would be a good way to try it. They needed a foster for some uh, dog right away and I thought okay I'm gonna give this a try and my husband was all aboard and um, so that was our first bit into it and thoroughly enjoyed it and saw our dog off in just a matter of oh, you know a couple of weeks mm -hmm. and um, then saw him adopted quickly in New York and it, we just thought the process was wonderful so that's something I think um, a lot of people listening because uh we go out all over the world um they don't know like you and i do how this goes i mean when i said it's a well-oiled machine right am i it is uh, isn't oh my it goodness. something yes can you talk is. a little bit about all this sort of facebook stuff and the video can you talk a little <laughs> bit about okay. how this goes well, so people know what we're talking about Yes, um, we we have people in our area that pull dogs from local shelters or that just have their eye out for animals that need a, a place to, to be saved. And we um, we do, you know, check on them, make sure that they're a good personality. We, we uh, usually do a heartworm test and then we find fosters for them. It's completely foster based. So all the, the dogs that go to New York have been in foster at least two weeks, which is such a, that's just such a huge advantage to anyone adopting to be able to know something about the dog. You know, when you get it from a shelter, there's mm -hmm. so many unknowns. Um, so anyway, they, um, the fosters take them in. We have lots of people that kind of help and give advice to the fosters. They, they make sure all the vetting has taken place. Um, the, that is done with donations. Fosters are not responsible for any of that expense, although we have so many kind and generous ones that, that do, you know, contribute regularly. Um, the fosters uh, do as the best they can with uh, potty training, crate training, leash training, all that, just socialization generally, so that we can speak to their personality mm -hmm. and what kind of home they would do best in. And um, then as the time gets closer, we, we have to do a health cert certificate uh, that the vet does, and um, our Jan Herzog is the one that oversees the program for us, and she mm -hmm. has a huge job to coordinate all and make sure that all the dogs have had all the vetting they're supposed to and all the paperwork's in order. And um, we write profiles, 
it's a standard form and we talk about how well they do with other dogs with children their potty training you know just anything we can to help the prospective owners know more about them you take pictures too yes we take Mm -hmm. pictures and and that's even something that's got uh, gotten to be more well-oiled we have a special day at our pets low-cost clinic which is the partner with underdog express and they have we have some volunteer photographers that will go up and take really beautiful pictures of the dogs but a lot of the fosters take pictures themselves and we so we send the pictures they make a slideshow so you guys see them there in new york Mm-hmm. And we start getting comments pretty quickly, you know. <laughs> tell us, tell us more about this dog. Tell us more, and we're happy as fosters to do so. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, the Wednesday <laughs> before you guys get them on Saturday, they arrive there on Saturday. But that Wednesday is when we take them up, and they get on a truck, and we say goodbye to them with some tears many many times. But uh, we get them on the truck, and they have a bag that has some goodies that we've mm-hmm. packed for them. We we write a letter. Their care package. Yes. <laughs> that that goes with some tears. And the letter usually has some contact information. That's what I always love to include because I so love hearing from the, the new owners. Um, the dogs get on the truck, and they're taking uh, great care of the dogs, you know, the whole way. They take them and walk them along the way and so forth. And this is like an 18-wheeler. Yes. With paw truck. prints all over. I mean, this is not <laughs> right. like a little van. This is no. a serious enterprise. Right. And, uh, you know, you hear people that ask about it, and they think, oh, those poor dogs on that truck. But they're very well taken care of. These people know what they're doing and, um, you know, are so kind to the dogs. They're individually crated real safely. And, of course, it's climate controlled and so forth. So they're comfortable along the way. And um, they arrive. I I don't know if it, I guess it's Friday night, maybe late to the area, and then Saturday morning is when they mm-hmm. unload, and that's what mm-hmm. we get to see a, a live feed mm-hmm. of them getting off the truck. We love that. Oh, Everybody's tuned oh, in. <laughs> oh, that's the part that I, I mean, I I don't know about the world of fosters outside of helping hounds, but to see that and then knowing that you guys are seeing your babies getting yes. off and then <laughs> and, and then in just a little while the line starts yes. and they come down and then you'll see on the feed people saying, oh, there's so-and-so yes. is looking great. And so right. it's this like, it's this community. It really of, is. And it's, it's like, we're never going to meet you. <laughs> but, you know, there's this, this love flowing both oh, ways. Yes. And, and when you watch it, all the hearts are, mm-hmm. you know, jumping all over the screen. And it's such a... And I have to give credit to Lee Newman, uh, who is the um, one of the main administrators at oh, Helping okay. Hounds. And boy... She is just one competent woman. Really? And she yes. has, uh, you know, she just organizes these things in such a thorough way. And, yes. th- you know, they just keep getting awards. And um, oh, and, and you go why. to the dog park and you say, oh, helping. Ha- yeah, helping hounds. Yeah, mine's <laughs> from Texas. And the other day I was saying, oh, is that a Texas dog? Yes. And I said, oh, is it Samantha's? I mean, we start to oh, get to know gosh. the names. It's like... <laughs> like a 
funniest network. That is so funny. And I know Samantha, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, that is so funny. We do. We just, we are so amazed, and we show everyone we can, you know, when you're trying to talk to people about the program and what we need so desperately, of course, funds. Um, We do have lots of generous people that, that help us with that, and we have grants and so forth that pets has applied for and they work so hard to get but the big thing is our fosters it's very hard for to get fosters we could probably be sending more um you know we have i I work with emily's legacy which is a local rescue and and we have fosters for that too but those are for local adoptions and we can adopt out locally uh, puppies fairly easily or small Mm -hmm. dogs fairly easily but when when you see some of these big black labs and you know border collie mixes that we see so many in in the shelters that would be euthanized you know mm-hmm. that that's what would happen for sure and we're able to pull those and send them there and see them get out of the truck and they're adopted that day and mm-hmm. it's just um the best feeling in the world you and i have talked about this you know trying to understand together the culture of Texas and New York and the questions that we've we've asked you know how come there's so many places here that you know they're lining up in the sleet you can see them you know waiting to meet the dog that may have reserved or to see who's left over trying to to put together you know why are there so many dogs in Texas that are surrendered and and what's the story in New York? And I incorrectly told you that you had to spay and neuter to get a license. That is oh. not true. Oh, it's not. Okay. No, okay. but um, but there's maybe somebody can comment in and 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 help me with this. But there are programs for spay and neutering um, that are very active here. So maybe that's part of it. Hello, Zestful Agers. A short intermission to thank you for the incredible amount of downloads. I love creating this podcast, and it's so satisfying to know that you are enjoying it too. Creating and hosting Zestful Aging has been a blast, but it does require a lot of time and resources to deliver a high-quality interview to you every week. So I've signed up with Patreon, which is kind of like Kickstarter, but for ongoing artistic projects. Unlike Kickstarter, the donations are recurrent and the amount is usually smaller. When you become a patron of Zestful Aging, you will receive special benefits like behind the scenes info, a place to communicate with other listeners as well as other patron-only bonuses. These funds will be used to make equipment upgrades, particularly for mobile interviewing, and to travel to interview guests like to New York City to interview participants in the Diversity Fashion Show. I also need to hire a professional editor. So please go to patreon.com forward slash zestful aging and make a small but vital donation. Thank you for contributing to the ongoing success of zestful aging. And I can't wait 
to bring you more juicy, inspiring interviews. Now back to the show. Um, you said something about there's a lot of land in Texas, and one of the things that you're dealing with is people dumping dogs. Yes, yes. It. Um, I, I think they feel like um, somebody will just pick them up, and uh, they feel maybe a little less guilty than, you know, sending them to the shelter thinking they'll be put down there. Um, it's a real problem, especially right here in Burt Burnett. They dump in out in the country, and they're really, our, our jurisdiction, the Burt Burnett Shelter's jurisdiction isn't out there, so there's really no one. Uh, well, mm. I guess the county could take them in. So there's been a couple of bunches of dogs. I had one bunch called the River Dogs. That's what I named them after rivers, and they went, and then we had the dogs that were dumped by the bridge just here recently that um, uh, one was Bridget uh, all three of them I believe went to New York and were adopted there mm-hmm. so it's it that is that's very hard too for our, our friends who live out in the country that have dogs dumped around their house and they try to do right by them but you can only take in so many dogs you know what do um, you think I mean I know this is a hard question but do you have any sense of what the thought process is that I, I don't want these dogs, there are too many? Yes. Uh, is that what it is, that I, I just, do. they're extra dogs? or I, I think that they just didn't get them neutered. And so, of course, puppies, you know, a bunch of puppies have occurred, and um, now they're overrun with dogs, or they just, you know, feel like that they, in their lifestyle right now, they can't handle the dogs they have or I don't know. It's it's just one of those cases or that we see so much of people maybe just not valuing the dog as part of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember n- when I was young, we uh, lived in New Hampshire, and what would happen is people would vacation up there. They would come from more of the urban areas, Massachusetts, like Boston or New York, and at the mm-hmm. end of the summer they would dump the dogs. Oh, really? They were going back home, and the dog, I guess, was just sort of a summer kind of entertainment. Oh, my gosh. So how do you deal? I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but how do you deal with the painful aspects of uh, rescuing these dogs? Well, I, I do think that in some ways I've kind of just steeled myself and I, we all say this to each other where, you know, part of it is just support we can give each other. We cannot save them all. You know, we'd love to, but we cannot. Uh, we have to keep our mind on, um, we have to be able to devote our time and energy to dogs that can be adopted that will be happy in other homes. Um, we, we come across many that are so very fearful that you know snap bite that kind of thing that we know cannot safely go into a family so there are times we just can't do anything you know but it's it's a very hard thing but I what we have to keep telling ourselves is if we didn't we we would there would be many many more put down as hard as it is to give them up mm-hmm. if we didn't take them in and keep them for a while and have some tears when they go um, that dog would have been put down that, you know, it's just kind of as simple as that. And that's what we tell people when they say, oh, I could never do that. It, it almost, it, it kind of makes you feel guilty in a way, thinking that they're thinking that you're not loving the dog. <laughs> you know, oh. that you must not have made a connection. So, you know, how it's, else could you let them go? Oh, I see. 
which you know and uh, that may not care what's the big deal uh, yeah exactly exactly yeah but and uh, that may not be the thought process at all but but it does kind of make you feel that way when people tell you over and over I can never do that I'm too soft-hearted I'd love them too much like we don't love them too you know what I mean we we love them so much and it it is hard but it's easier knowing and seeing what I've seen over the years, and it's, I think the same for all fosters, and we, we try to convince new fosters of that. Wait till you see the dog get off the truck and be loved on by mm-hmm. your volunteers and the nice home that it goes to and that you're, you know, hopefully going to get some letters and messages about how well it, the dog's fitting in and wonderful mm-hmm. pictures. And um, um, that that's what makes it all so much easier the next time around. <laughs> I am, I've been, you know, obviously following uh, this, and I see that you get a lot of pictures of first time in snow. Is yes. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we love that. We never tire of it. <laughs> That's what I try to tell my fosters, because especially there's times when I'll hear from them a lot. You know, they'll send lots of pictures and say something like, oh, I'm sorry I'm sending so many, but we just love him or her. And I said, oh, listen, oh, <laughs> there's oh. never too many. It's like your child that's gone across the country you know you want to see everything that's going on (laughs) so this I I, this is a funny question um but I'm wondering if you believe that dogs have a soul hmm I yes I I do I I think I do believe they have a soul I they certainly all have personalities and different Oh, I don't know, different levels of compassion, and I guess I do. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not sure I know how to answer that exactly, but uh, I do feel like pretty much any living thing does. Mm Mm-hmm. So you can relate to them even on that level. Yeah, yeah. I believe I can. I think most everybody has felt that with certain animals, you know, more so than others, some more than others, but... We've, we've had so many that have just touched our lives, you know, in so many ways. We have that, probably the dog that started us realizing how many great ones are in shelters was our dog, Zeus. He was a Pyrenees sheepdog mix. And just, I went to, <laughs> I went to turn in a bird that had, there was a, there's a bird rescue place. And I, they, that's, that was the drop-off point. And we, my son and I just happened to walk by and see this huge mm. dog that was emaciated. Anyway, he became our dog and he became a therapy dog. And we, I, you know, I, he was just um, beyond the best. Mm. And mm. that's kind of what made me think, you know, there's probably lots and lots and lots of dogs out there that could touch lives. And he touched not just our lives, but lots of lives we visited severe profound classrooms and libraries and so I believe they all have a place and they all have a purpose and we just have to give them a chance. So you adopted Zeus who was a rescue who was in bad shape you got him loved up and healed up and then you took him to classrooms what was that like? Oh gosh that was just so wonderful I had to go through a training um, and he had to be certified. He had to pass some tests. But uh, then once he has the certification, um, it was our local elementary school. And they it was a severe, profound special ed classroom where most of the children were not ambulatory. Um, I think only one could walk. 
severely autistic, just all kinds of issues. And it was just the most heartwarming thing ever to be able to take Zeus in and, and see the difference in the, the light come on, Ch children that would not even look you in the eye or you didn't even, couldn't even tell that they heard you Mm -hmm. um, would respond to Zeus. Really? What, what was it like? They would look at, look at him or? Yes. Smiles for the first time. Smiles. Uh, I remember taking one little, the one girl who could walk and she, when she was being good, she was allowed to go with us and, and walk down the hall. And we walked into the office to say hello to the secretary. And she, um, the secretary said, hi, Little, the girl, little girl's name, Catherine, and uh, how are you doing? Who do you have there? And she says, Zeus. And then the secretary just kind of <laughs> was wide-eyed. That was the first time she had heard the little girl say anything. Oh, wow. Talk about tears. <laughs> I can cry oh, just thinking about it. Wow. So just things like touching. that. How, yeah. how it got through all those levels of wherever right. she is and her you know, in her little body and her world, right? Um, separate from the daily world, Zeus got through. Yeah, yeah. It's, and there's, I just feel like there's so many animals that can do the same, and that we, you know, like I said, give them a chance and see what they can do to touch your life, and do our best to make 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 their lives a good life. Mm-hmm. What have you learned about dogs since you've been rescuing? I'm sure being a dog owner is one thing, but then having, you know, 60 or 70 dogs pass through your home. Yes. You learn. What? I, yeah, I've benefited so much from all the people. There's so many way more knowledgeable than I am, and um, I, you know, fall back on their expertise so often, but I've learned so much about dog diseases and um just the care of of them, um, training, um, you know, what you what is important to do to make them a good pet. Um, I, I, I do, I feel like that I can actually give some advice now. <laughs> I'm not that great, but I do feel like I, I've learned so much about certain situations when someone will say, oh, I, I can't get my dog to go in a crate, and I, you know, We've got files that tell you about what you might try for that and mm -hmm. um, just all kinds of information about what the legalities of, of pulling a dog from a shelter and, and what we have to be careful about and what might indicate the dog will not make a, a family pet, you know. Mm -hmm. I've gotten to be a lot more objective about that it's it's so hard we have a very small shelter here in Burke and that's where I pull from and when they call they're so good about um, usually not even offering a dog to us unless they feel it's it's a good safe dog but but you never know you I mean there's mm -hmm. I can tell you that I've pulled some that didn't work you just don't know and our big issue is pits we have pit bulls mm -hmm. which I have no problem with pit bulls but we have a huge abundance of them, and mm -hmm. um, we... That's who's in our shelters, too, in our right. SPCA, yep. Right, and the, oh, it's just so heartbreaking to go into a vet's office and find somebody there with their 
intact male pit or a pit that was they had bred to have puppies and I'm thinking oh please people don't you know <laughs> what happens to all these puppies uh, it's, it's just heartbreaking mm -hmm. so. would you um, be able to give some advice to our listeners if they're thinking of adopting a dog um, what are the kinds of things that they should uh, take into account? What are the kinds of things they should be thinking about? Okay. Um, the one thing is just whether, if they have small children, it's always a, a big um, issue if the dog will is friendly with children and not, not necessarily just friendly, but the size of the dog. Um, you know, a dog that can knock over a child. Do you have small children that, you know, will be walking around with food in their hand that is tempting to any dog. Oh. Um, you have to be very responsible if you have small children and dogs because, you know, the dog can do something that just any dog would do, but now it's doomed because it's snapped at the food and bit the child and, you know, that, that kind of thing is very hard. Um, we, we do um, teach the dogs to, or they, they've, they're crate trained so a crate is a good safe place to keep them but of course we want our dogs to have a life mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you're uh if you really don't have time to walk your dog and to let it have lots of outdoor time and that kind of thing then you know maybe it's not a time in your life that you want a dog right then um that's such a time commitment that it is. people have to consider. Yeah, your life kind of has to revolve around them a little bit, I guess. It does, and they can fit into a, a life easily, or it can be quite a chore sometimes. And you've got to have lots of patience. I can't tell you. <laughs> we, we just had to replace my laptop cord that got chewed up by our <laughs> present. You know, it, it can be expensive. <laughs> yes, yes <it laughs> But can. again, it wasn't the puppy's fault. It was my fault. I left you know wasn't watching um you've got to be very responsible and know that puppies are puppies and and i do think people so often want a puppy whereas to me it seems like their lifestyle would be better fit with a an adult dog i think we we tend to overlook them but it seems like you guys in new york don't do that so much so i love that the, but if you can get a dog that's over the puppy phase mm -hmm. it fits into a life so much more easily I agree. I, you know, I've had puppies, um, and you have to wake up in the middle of the <laughs> night. It's like having yep. a newborn. Oh, it is. It is. It's just a huge thing, and they are darling, but they do grow up. <laughs> they all are going to be adult dogs, just like the others, and and you know, if you if you adopt an adult dog, you know what it looks like, what size it's going to be. Its mm -hmm. temperament is there for you to see. And um, so I'm, I really encourage people to think about adult dogs. Mm -hmm. we, you know, we do it. We, we take in lots of litters of puppies. Uh, um, well, there's story after story, but the, the puppies do tend to get adopted easily here or fairly easily, depending on the breed. Again, pet, pet puppies, not, not so much, but um, most people are very willing to take a puppy in. Mm-hmm. 
I know there's been some change in thinking about the whole sort of Caesar Milan alpha dog. Do you have any thoughts about that? You know, I see some things posted about, but no, I really can't speak to that. I don't know. I know that the just from the posts that I've seen from friends that it's come into disfavor, but I don't really know exactly why, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I probably wouldn't be very good to speak to that. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I think there, my understanding is he's very much like, I'm the boss, there's an alpha, I'm in charge. And I think mm-hmm. some people say it's a little more complicated that, yes, there's a hierarchy but it can kind of change and there's a sharing and sometimes one yeah so my understanding is that it's a bit more complicated than there's an alpha but yeah i've seen that as well Mm -hmm. can you um give me a link that i can put in the program notes connie that would be helpful for some of your fundraising uh for your rescue efforts Oh, gosh. Um, I may have to think about that, exactly how to do that. Um, like uh, if uh, Emily's Legacy, would that yes, be a good place to yes. start? Emily's Legacy, we certainly have We have a Facebook page and we have um, a website that has a donation button. Is it em- emilyslegacy.org? Oh, gosh. I'm not positive. Okay, that's um, okay. I may have to... I think it I is dot org. I think you know it is what? dot org. I can yeah. actually look it up before I put it down. Okay. And if there's a donation page, then um, our listeners can certainly okay. find it. And I will also, I'm going to put up the Helping Hound Dog Rescue. I was, link well, well, and I do, uh, the, the dogs from here that uh, go through helping to helping hounds that's through the pets under dog express. So that's, okay. it's P E T S. It's, um, it's our, low-cost spay neuter clinic that does so much good work they um leslie harrelson is in charge of that and she's partnered now with underdog express and so we're able to do lots of the vetting at a very good price and so it's um, petspetsunderdogexpress.org i'm sure I believe that's it. Yeah. I should I have looked that up. It. No, that's fine. Know. I'll go ahead and check that out because it'll be nice for people after listening to this. I think we'll feel like, you know, they want to donate to Oh, you know, that'd be great. Cause. That yeah. would be. It takes about 170, I believe was the last figure I heard, to do the vetting for a dog. You know, when we adopt mm-hmm. one out locally, then we, we do charge an adoption fees, so that helps to pay for the vetting that we've done because we don't ever adopt them out until they've had all their shots and so forth and and neuter um if they're old enough for neuter if not then we make the appointment for that to happen later but if they're going to new york they um we don't recoup any of that money which is fine we've saved a dog but we do have to do fundraising to to pay for every bit of that I and see. It, it's I've about a, yeah, yeah it's about 170 bucks a piece if i'm not mistaken to take care of everything that we need to take care of. Yeah. And then I guess you got, I guess New York pays for the, the transport. I, I believe that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Is there anything else you want to share before we say uh, goodbye today? Anything else that you want the listeners to know about your experience rescuing well just that i it's something that i don't regret for a minute and i do hope many other people will 
consider it, look into it, let let people who are now fosters um, give them advice, you know, tell them their stories and, and let them know how much it does help. And I would love to let everybody know that has um, dealings with Helping Hounds, what a great organization and how grateful we are here to be able to send dogs there and know that they're going to have a great home. We mm-hmm. sent, I got a number today, I asked Jen Herzog, and I believe it's 1,600-something uh, dogs that we mm. have that we have sent here that most certainly would have been euthanized. And There's, now they're members of, you know, families, they're being loved, and it's not only that we're saving them, I mean, they are giving so much to us. I hear that a lot, I do, yeah. I've got yeah. some great, great Facebook friends through this that have, you know, um, adopted dogs that I've fostered and it's so cool to hear the stories you know that how the dogs complete them and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that they've they've become a part of their family that they love and it's you know you're doing this zestful aging thing in such a big way in terms of finding purpose and meaning and being with your people and moving i mean you are like a zestful aging all-star oh well thank you i don't know about that but i (laughs) i do feel like that i'm very blessed to to be able to do the different things i do sometimes i think okay i've got to give up something but I don't know what it would be because I'm enjoying it all. So I guess that's what counts. <laughs> mm, that's what keeps you lively and vibrant. Yeah. Right, right. Well, it, thank you it, so much. It was so lovely to have you on the show, Connie. I so appreciate you taking the time. And I, I so appreciate all the work you do. Well, thank you so much. I look forward to, to listening to all of your podcasts and hearing all the great Uh, things that you guys are doing. Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. I love to hear from my listeners, so send me an email at NicoleChristina.com and tell me what you'd like to hear more about. I would also greatly appreciate if you could hop on iTunes and rate the show. Ratings help other people find the podcast so I can share all these good juicy interviews with others. I would also invite you to become a patron of the Zestful Aging Podcast. Hop on over to patreon.com forward slash Zestful Aging and consider making a small donation you will be eligible for insider-only goodies and behind-the-scenes information, and it'll help you feel good knowing that you're contributing to the Zestful Aging podcast. I'll look forward to sharing more juicy interviews next week on Zestful Aging.